Awesome. Welcome to Personality Lounge. Um, we're going to talk about Jung's cognitive functions today. And um, I, I don't know, like, I know this is probably the subject that all of us know the most, right, in this room. So because um, we talk about cognitive functions literally all day in chat and on Facebook and all sorts of places. Um, but if anybody wants to chime in first before I actually like go into, because I what I'm going to kind of talk about today is um, the two types that Jung talks about, the extrovert versus the introvert, and then the four functions of those two types, uh, the way that he talks about them inside of his uh, inside of his book, and so we'll, we'll go into all of those, and then, um, but I'll probably start off with talking about like how the order of functions and stuff like that actually works, because um, I think that it's really interesting where he actually got his like methodology from. Um, if you ever read his book, uh, it's there's a lot of stuff in there that talks about other people's tests that were before Jung. Um, and, or his version of it, if you will. And so, like, there's other people, um, and, and I can't remember their names right off the bat, top of my head because I'm just focusing on the, uh, the overview of psychological uh, types, that section of the book. But he talks about a lot of where all these different theories have come and evolved from over the years. And so there is someone before him that talks about how there's really only two types, and the introvert and the extrovert. And he talks about them being uh, more objective and more subjective is the difference. And so anyway, I'll get into that. But would anyone want to say anything uh, about cognitive functions or anything that they're interested in before I get started? Uh, quick question. Are you going to mention socionics at all or go into that side of things? Or Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, I actually have an event. Um, uh, oh, it's, I have to scroll down to it. August 16th is all about socioeconomics uh, relationships of the cognitive functions and uh, the relationships between like each other and like, you know, dating, all those types of things. So today, like being episode two, uh, pretty much of uh, personality lounge, like this, this weekly get together, I, I really just want to focus on what are the eight cognitive functions and then uh, go from there just because um, it's so so much to talk about. We just have an hour. I, I don't want to spend like all night talking. So <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I'm glad you uh, mentioned that sleeping goat. Um, and uh, if you weren't here when we first started, just so you know, we are recording this. Uh, and so hopefully it's all right that I included your question in this. So um, yeah, it's all good. I appreciate it. Cool. Thank you. Um, all right. Anybody else? And I'll just go ahead and get started. So, all right. Well, uh, so there's four functions, which is intuition, sensing, thinking, and feeling. And the way that they work is they have their opposites. So like thinking and feeling is opposite. Intuition and uh, sensing is opposite. And uh, then on top of these four functions, we have different ways we deal with those functions, and it's our extroverted or introverted side. And so, like an extrovert, or extroverts are more uh, interested in the objects that are around us. They don't, uh, 
like extroverts really just focus on the the objective facts what's what objects are in front of me all these different things that and I'll explain as we go through the functions how that that works with uh, objectively with everything um, and then there's the introvert side which is very subjective and so like when we get into for example the difference between extroverted and introverted thinking Extroverted thinking is more about putting objective systems together outside of themselves. Introverted thinking uh, is more about discovering ideas and strategies and things like that. So it's, they're very like kind of opposite, if you will, but it's not really opposite. It's really like objective versus subjective is the way that Jung describes these personalities. And so it, the way that the order works is whatever your first function is, uh, the opposite function is your weakest function. And so, and he talks about how everybody has the strongest function. There isn't, uh, he talks about it in his book, there isn't a way that we can have two of the same functions. It is like we could come really close as far as like a sliding scale goes. But um, so, like, the first function for myself is ENTP, and that's extroverted intuition. And so the opposite of intuition is introverted sensing. And that's the, uh, my lowest trait out of the four. And then the way that it works is you have a secondary function. And like the order of that just depends on the way that you are. But he talks about how your second function, because your first function was introverted or extroverted or however it works, your second function is actually the opposite because it has to create this duality, if you will. Um, and and so he, he it, like it pretty much talks about how you can't have internal feeling without external thinking um, if that's the trait that you have versus external feeling and internal uh, thinking and stuff like that. So he, he talks about how he, like whatever that opposite is, whatever the order is that you are kind of uh, whatever your temperament is. And so. Anyway, with that being said, everybody has, in according to the Myers-Briggs system, like the four traits, these cognitive functions, but in a different order. And that first trait is what Jung really focuses on. And so it's really interesting because he, he really kind of encapsulates, as you read the book, all internal thinking as just the, the personality. So that would incorporate INTP and ISTP inside of that. Um, because they both start with internal thinking. But then later on, it's like right after he talks about all the types and stuff, he talks about how the second, uh, the second um, function that you have is like, you know, a, pretty much another way of seeing the personality. So you can have that difference between the intuitive and the sensing and stuff like that. So it's really interesting seeing how it all kind of plays out because it really. Uh, Jung only talks about eight functions, period, where Myers-Briggs really talks about 16 types. And, uh, but Jung, of course, he does say in the book that he doesn't think any of these types should incorporate a box to put people in. I'm paraphrasing there. Uh, but he, he really talked about how he sees this as something that can be a tool to really help discover oneself and improve oneself. Um, and to understand as a psychological tool in like therapy and stuff like that as you work with people. But he, uh, he pretty much said that he didn't want 
his ideas to be used pretty much the way that Myers-Briggs used them. So, but everybody, of course, discovers this through Myers and Briggs. So, um, anyway, let's uh, go ahead and hop through these types because they're really interesting, the differences. I'm going to open up uh, here because I'm going to go in order of what I actually put on the event. So it kind of helps me stay focused and we could get through all these. So in external intuition is the first one. Um, and external intuition, since they're extroverted, they're focused objectively outside themselves onto other things. And so a lot of the times you'll find uh, extroverted intuition people constantly just coming up with ideas of how to manipulate the world, how to build this, how to do all these things, because that's how they, they conceptualize and deal with the world is they see it through this internal um, idea generation. So whenever it's, it's really like discovery or something, like I, I always describe external intuition as you can see all the possibilities all at once, but not necessarily how they play out. Um, and so you can really like see kind of uh, um, all the different uh, possibilities. And so you could create a lot of opportunities and things like that. But um, the way that the extrovert works inside of intuition is they come up with ideas, of course, about the, the object or whatever it is that they're working on. So it's more about objective facts and discovering objective facts than it is about subjective facts, which is like, um, I guess you could almost call like idealism in some aspects because some people, they hold on to the subjective ideas of what their, their things are. External extra, or sorry, <laughs> external intuition uh, will uh, use those ideas and try to find the most objective path forward. So logical path, usually in, in an ENTP, and then, of course, in uh, the ENFP, they use, and we'll get to uh, internal feeling here soon, but they use like a feeling version of, of sub their subjective facts in order to make decisions because of the way internal feeling works. Um, but anyway, those kind of play off each other. So anyway, that's ex uh, extroverted intuition. Um, a lot of people call it NE, uh, N-E, inside of Myers-Briggs. Um, and uh, I don't know, is there anything else that I'm missing, guys? I think that's a pretty good definition of external intuition. So anyway, next one is uh, introverted intuition. And so instead of finding, like, for example, all the ideas to solve objective things in their world, they are using their internal intuition subjectively, internally, to discover the meaning of things. Um, and so it's, it's a little bit different on how they work, but they're always searching internally for how, uh, it's, it's an unconscious thing, but like how they feel about a situation or like, for example, all the different, uh, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for the world? Like all sorts of different things is what they're trying to do is they're trying to get complete understanding and introverted intuition will allow them to do that. So like a lot of times I'll explain introverted, introverted intuition as that they don't have all the ideas, 
but the they can see deeply through the ideas that they have and all the different angles. So, like in an INTJ, uh, introverted intuition mixed with introverted thinking uh, usually has the right path to accomplish their goals, and they can see it all the way through. An INFJ with introverted feeling um, will base their introverted things on the objects and the way that the objects feel around them. So it's, uh, and they can see how those play through with those people. So it's really interesting, the, uh, those differences. But um, introverted intuition, um, I feel like they are more into symbolism versus extroverted intuition. That's really goes for introverts versus extroverts anyway. Um, because introverts, of course, are more subjective, and so they're always looking for those subjective meanings. Anyway, that's, I think we'll go ahead and move on from introverted intuition unless someone wants to add something. So, just sitting here. What's the next? Uh, so, uh, I mean, maybe I'm not understanding it too well. So, my understanding of like introverted intuition versus extroverted intuition is like, introverted intuition uh looks at all the steps along a path going further into the future where like extroverted intuition is like all of the options available at the time at the moment so like i could like extroverted intuition is like everything that i could do tomorrow right but like introverted intuition is like everything i need to do for the next three months like all the steps like along one path like one path into the future versus like every path into like the short-term future. I completely agree. If you think about it in Myers-Briggs, everybody that has introverted intuition that's a a intuitive person um, is a judger. And so, and judges, of course, have that stereotype of planning for the future and not doing well with last minute changes and all that type of stuff, right? Um, and so it kind of makes sense when you th- think about it with the way you described it is that they had this idea planned out with those like kind of, you know, three months in advance or something. And if something pops up out of nowhere, sometimes it's a little tough for them to swallow. But as soon as they get around it, they they do a good job. Yeah. I, I look at it as like the difference between a sniper rifle and a shotgun. Yeah. Like N.I. is like a sniper rifle and N.E. is like a shotgun. That's a that's an interesting way. I it'll be interesting as we go through external thinking and see how you th- what you think. Um, however, the next one is external sensing. So we're going to go through sensing, um, and then I think it's thinking and then feeling. So, um, but ex- external sensing is like uh, of course the Myers Briggs ESTP or um, ESFP. So they're the same temperament uh but what they're mostly focused on is literally everything that doesn't have to do with creating ideas and everything that has to do about the objective object pretty much what i was saying earlier because their first trait is external sensing and external sensing is like the senses the five senses that you have all these different things that you see in the world but as an extrovert uh uh, or an extroverted sensor, um, it really is about uh, just 
what is in front of you and a lot less of thinking the ideas through of what's actually happening, if that can make sense. So a lot of times I talk about extroverted sensing as um, uh, really being in touch with the five senses um, and what the five senses can actually do out in the world. Because if you really think about it, like that is that is where they live in their heads because um, their last trait is because their first trait is sensing their last trait is intuition and it's in internal intuition um, and so that's that's why that's their weakest trait is the internal thinking if you will uh, that the INFJ is so good at because that's their first trait um, so it's it is really interesting um, a lot of times when you meet ESTPs they're the kinds that will shoot in the name um, because it's really like all about action and moving forward and all these different things that are actually happening. So, um, and then they, they have to have new experiences because uh, the senses, they don't like having the same experiences. Um, it, like they, they love having new stuff. So for example, a lot of my ESTP and ESFP friends, like, you know, on social media and things like that, they are always taking pictures of like these crazy adventures they go on BMX bikes, all sorts of stuff that, that they're into. And it's because they are looking for those experiences and that's what keeps them moving. And, you know, that's probably one reason why we, we will see a lot of sensors in a group like this. But, uh, I think that a lot of the times, um, especially like an ESTP or something, unless they're really interested in, in this subject, they're going to be more interested in going out and talking about things than living in the internal world or whatever that they, uh, um, is their last trait. So it's, like I said, it's about external sensing and since they're an extra, it's the objective sensing that's happening where the opposite is an internal sensor. Um, and that they're a little different because they think subjectively about the object, which is a weird thought to uh, think about. So, for example, an ISTP, um, it, or sorry, no, not an ISTP. I think it's ISTJ and ISFJ are both internal sensors. And uh, that type really is more relaxed because uh, the way that their introvert sensing works, because it's subjective, they have complete faculties of what's going on inside of them, but they can't think objectively about things that are happening. They have to think about them in a subjective manner. So for example, uh, <laughs> I know a lot of uh, internal sensors that are their first trait that's really into um, cartoons, pop culture, anime, all sorts of different things, dressing up, going to different places, especially ISFJ personality types. Um, it seems like they love to be in the subjective world, if you will, about what's actually going on, meaning like um, more, of course, higher values, things like that. That's why those types are really kind of, uh, I'm not going to call them Karens. Oh, shoot. Um, they're, uh, they're kind of strict, um, and the, it's mainly the reason why is because they, they have full control of their, themselves and in their bodies internally with, 
Uh, and when they think about everything that's going on, they think about it subjectively. So you, you find a lot of those people uh, doing really good with like, for example, you know, planning for the future because they, they don't plan. We all plan, I think, a, try to plan objectively, but we all literally subjectively plan for the future. And so they're, they're really good at trying to figure out how to do that because that's all they can sense within themselves. Um, they, uh, I'm just trying to think of some other ISTJs. They're, so like, uh, are, I have had a ISTJ uh, work for me and he, he really like held my feet down to the rules um, because you know, we had the rules and he would look at the rules and think about them, you know, as, as I'm describing, um, and, you know, really just make sure that everybody's kind of following whatever these core sets of rules are, the, the core values of the company, whatever, whatever the processes are that we actually had set up. So they really good at, at that type of stuff. Um, and keeping those processes happening. And I really think that probably comes from uh, like, you know, knowing these, these are their facts and stuff like that, or the subjective, uh, it's so hard to say, because they think subjectively about <laughs> the objective data. So it's, uh, it's really hard to describe that, but in a way like uh, ENTPs, this is our last trait, is internal sensing. And, uh, you know, I, I sometimes will throw myself through a loop thinking um, if I'm feeling weird or sick inside or, uh, you know, I, I always have these like really sick feelings like I'm not uh, accomplishing what I need to or and all these things that really kind of have to do with that last function kind of taking over. Um, anyway, so let me, uh, any other questions about sensing before we move on to the next topic? I need to see what the next one was again. Oh, it's, it's feeling first. Hopefully the sensing stuff makes sense because uh, I think a lot of us, we, we try to figure out how, uh, especially like the barrier between intuitive and sensing sometimes, a lot of us try to figure out what what sensing actually means and how to communicate with it. And I think that understanding the functions the way I'm describing really helps um, like understand this is the reason why we need these things. So anyway, let's go to feeling, um, which I have a lot to say. Uh, we'll start with extroverted feeling. So that's ENFJ and ESFJ. And when you think of feeling, you usually think of like love and sadness or I don't know, like all these different emotions that you can feel. But with an ESFJ that has external feeling, um, if any of you guys have had some extensive time like working with someone like that, uh, they their feelings are are directed to everything else but them, if you will. Like they're a lot more serious than you would think a feeler would be. Um, especially ESFJs, they're a lot more serious than you think a feeler would be, um, because they their first trait is external feeling, and so it's all about the objective uh, values and feelings that they see in the world um, instead of thinking, which of course is like thinking logically about stuff. Feeling is like I have this really good feeling based on. Uh, what my past knowledge is, my values, all these different things that play in part to the feeling. 
And anyway, so external feelings, since they're all about, of course, those objective uh, things that are happening outside of them, they usually uh, put their own values based on what other people think of them because it's more about their feelings versus their own in that sense. They, uh, they like, uh, like one of the things that I talk about um, external feeling is that it's usually like um, world than ego, where internal feeling is ego than world. And so like a lot of times external feeling people will focus on everybody else in their life like an INFJ would. Uh, or an ESFJ, like all these different types that have external feeling as their first or second trait, they uh, really put a lot of other people first. Um, and I don't know if that could be correlated to humility. I've always wondered that. Um, but anyway, one of the things that external feeling people really strive for, and if you've ever been around um, ESFJs, this is definitely true, they love building rapport with people. Um, and talking about small talk, talking about family, uh, traditions, all these things that are socially social norms of what's going on, because it's all about the external feeling of what's going on in, in outside of them, uh, of how they see themselves. So it's really interesting um, because they, uh, they try to create harmony within that environment, especially ENFJs, because they, uh, they have that internal intuition. So... Um, and then the uh, opposite is introverted feeling, which is an INFP, ISFP. And they're about how they feel subjectively in the value. So a lot of people, especially on like Facebook, complain about getting banned from like the INFP room and stuff like that. A lot of the reasons why is because they see things with subjective values and not with objective values. And so their values are going to be based on how they grew up and all these different things that influences them. Um, and the way that they want to talk to other people because of that in, uh, subjective feeling is they want to describe something and have you feel the same thing they're feeling um, as they tell you about it. And so... That, that way they can create that connection is how Jung describes it in his book. Um, and so like they, they usually have like high core values. Um, a lot of introverted feelers, if they're kind of unhealthy or something, they can become more uh, all about themselves. And like I said, ego than world. Um, and so like, for example, sometimes you can have uh, ENFP have you know, a really big ego or, uh, you know, an INFP kind of have a, a big ego about themselves as well. Same with pretty much INTJ and ENTJ and all these different types that have the, uh, the feeling traits or the feet, um, uh, function. So anyway, uh, and it's, Jung actually says in his book, it's kind of hard to describe the internal feeler because they feel so deeply versus an internal thinker where they use logic to decipher things. And so, like, he really says there's really no way to describe it um, unless you could just really get how the internal uh, feeler works. And it kind of goes into some details of how deep that goes, but they really can get deep. Uh, 
and fill out every single situation with uh, you know how they pretty much deal with the world. Um, INFPs, depending on their Enneagram type, of course, uh, can be somewhat extroverted. I feel like um, like a five, four, five, or something like that can be a little bit more extroverted than like a, a five, four, uh, one, or nine, or something like that. So. Anyway, it's, it is interesting seeing um, how the intro, introverted feeling thing works. Um, and uh, let's see, I think that's about all I have on feeling. So, and we're gonna move on to thinking next. Um, so extroverted thinking, it, there's two types, ENTJ and ESTJ, and they're, uh, so thinking is all about the actual analysis or something like, and usually out to a logical conclusion. Um, and so extroverted thinking, since it's objective, they're always thinking about things that are external from themselves. Um, and you can see that in the ENTJ, they're always building systems to accomplish whatever they need. Same with the ESTJ, it's all about building um, these analytically driven systems. Um, and then, of course, focusing on the facts and stuff. So, like, for example, Ian TJ's, uh, Jung describes in his book how they can usually be, like, the hero of the community, but a tyrant in their own home. And it's because usually the people that are closest to the extroverted thinker has to deal with the extroverted thinker systems the most. And so like a lot of amazing ENTJ people um, that are out there, it's funny because you'll listen to them and they're like, yeah, my dad's uh, uh, like really, really strict at home, makes us work harder than anybody. And it's like, it's, it's really interesting because they don't um, give in to any of that internal feeling that is their last trait. And so it's really all about what the objective is and then moving towards it. And so a lot of times I'll describe external thinking as um, really seeing what your objective is or what your goal is and then just moving straight towards it without um, spending much time thinking about the plan of action or whatever. Of course, a lot of external thinkers build plans, but they're going to be... Um, they're going to be moving towards their goals with the plans. That's what I meant to say. Um, and then the introverted thinker. So that's uh, INTP, ISTP, uh, ENTP. It's the second trait for ENTP. But it's really interesting because they're, instead of thinking about everything in objective facts, they think of everything subjectively. So they actually think about the facts subjectively, which is, uh, really interesting and I feel like I could get in a lot of hot water with some INTPs by saying that because the uh, they they like to conceptualize without boundaries inside their own heads um, and if they have boundaries that's where like internal thinkers usually don't like uh, having any type of boundaries that are like telling them how to think and how how they can make logic of the world but they they will usually use um, you know, I, a lot of ideas, a lot of theories and they'll work through them and they'll internalize them. And a lot of times like the extroverted thinking type, because they're so different from the uh, extroverted thinking type, um, will actually feel like 
that when they start working on something objectively that it messes up everything and they they almost fear of working on stuff uh, objectively um, in their life to like maybe get ahead and things like that because they like living within their own bounds of their internal thinking the most um, and so like a lot of like both internal thinkers I think are prone to like you know being ADHD uh, and things like that just because uh, <laughs> they are perceivers after all um, but anyway, they, they do try to find the clearest way through something, but they, uh, they're not like external thinkers um, where they're focused uh, objectively on stuff. They're thinking about everything subjectively. It's a really interesting way of uh, conceptualizing it because when I think about my own loop of external intuition to internal thinking, um, I definitely, it's like all my ideas are going out there like crazy and then my second trait takes over and it tries to hone all my ideas into something that is workable, if you will. Like I'll, I'll be like, okay, aliens and all these, like maybe a massive comet hitting or like an earthquake, like, and then it'll hone it down to like, oh, none of that will happen. And so... It, it's uh, it is interesting how these uh, traits work. So, um, wow, I breezed through those so quickly. Um, so the order of the functions, uh, pretty much go. So, you know, you have your main core function, and then you have your secondary function, and then your third, which I believe they call the ter. I can't remember how to. Say the word. Anyway, I'm going to move on. Um, and then your last function. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, depending on your order of those, makes, like, for example, the Myers-Briggs types. But, of course, Jung didn't see it like that. So it, it is interesting that his theory and the way he wrote it made it more like these eight types instead of the 16 and then Myers and Briggs, just like studying a little bit about how they kind of took it over, they, they of course, got interested in personality theories, and she was going to make her own when she found Jung's stuff, and then uh, liked his theory so much, she decided to use his, met with him, um, he gave her a whole bunch of notes, or so, a whole bunch of stuff, and then... Um, really went out and turned it into a massive personality test company uh, called MBTI. So, and like sold it to the army and to schools and all sorts of weird stuff. And I think like Jung didn't like that, of course, because he wrote about how he doesn't want to put people in boxes and stuff with this stuff, but he's really wanting to just get people to understand what these core differences are between those types. So it is interesting, um, though, the way the Jung describes it, because he really goes into that there's two types, extrovert and introvert, and then the four functions. And I think when you talk to someone that really just talks about Myers-Briggs, they usually talk about, are you a judger or a perceiver or, you know, all these different things that um, were kind of added on top of the way that Jung made it. But it is uh, it is worth noting that Jung did mention, of course, like the secondary type and the way those laid out. So it is it is or sorry, it was completely ready to go for Myers and Briggs to take it over. Um, the way it was written, they didn't have to come up with anything new. <laughs> so 
Um, but now we have a whole bunch of uh, personality type systems. Um, and uh, like Hexco, of course, dwarfs this in my opinion, but I feel like knowing these cognitive functions um, with Enneagram type and the instinctual variant, I feel like that those are the most important uh, as far as like understanding someone. So looks like we had someone else join us. Um, anyway, uh, I'm curious if you guys have any questions for me um, before I kind of wrap things up. I think we've covered all the functions. I mean, it's really easy to cover eight functions, I think, versus... And we could go really deep, because if you read Jung's book, he really talks deeply about all of the uh, subjective and objective stuff. And so, like, if you read it or listen to it or however, like, just know you really got to pay attention to those two words, because he says it in almost every sentence is objective or subjective realities and all sorts of good stuff. And so I think um, dumbing it down the way I did today, I think, works for what we're wanting to accomplish. But eventually we'll get into something more deep. Um, I should say um, next week. I'm doing a meet and greet and it won't be recorded um, where we can just meet everybody. It's the first Tuesday of every month that I do that. A week after that, I talk about Big Five and Hexaco. And then the week after that, we talk about Sochomics, which is the relationships between these cognitive functions. And that will be like the different relationship styles of like Mirage and beneficiary and like supervisors and how all that stuff works. Cause a lot of people I think are interested in sociomics, uh, because of their own relationships and how they deal with their spouse or their girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever it is. So I think it's, it's super interesting to know, but with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and stop recording and close out, uh, recording. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to come and listen live, we invite you to join our Discord group, Personality Lounge. You can find the link available on our podcast information. Thanks.